Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. This edition is made possible by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good, good afternoon, everybody. And we are happy to have with us from Sweden once again, the publisher of The Dispatcher, Michael Senna. Hi, Michael. Hi, Fred. Hi, Alan. Hi, hi Mike. Well, we are starting off with, I guess we could call it the earthquake rattling the autonomous vehicle industry, the dissolving of Argo AI, the autonomous vehicle venture backed by Ford and Volkswagen. Employees were informed yesterday and were told that some may be hired directly by Ford or VW. Ford announced that it recorded a $2.7 billion non-cash pre-tax, they call it an impairment, on its investment in Argo. It's quite an impairment. Alan, uh, I guess uh, right away yesterday, we were wondering, scratching our heads, what was going on? We've wondered about this because the industry, uh, uh, depending on how you count and who you look at, you know, kind of um, McKinsey claims that they're that the industry has uh, basically uh, had $200 billion invested in it, um, whether or not that's all on the driverless piece or not, but whether it's $100 billion, $200 billion, $300 billion, uh, uh, you know, um, 10 to the 2 billion invested. And, and to date, all we've done is testing. We've not done any deployment. We, we, we've, there, there hasn't been any revenue. There hasn't been any social value delivered. And, and it may be, and, and I, I gave a talk in, in, in Pittsburgh at the, at the Pennsylvania AV conference. I you know, had five minutes uh, to basically set, set it up for discussion. But you know, in looking at that, you have to ask your question, ask a question, what market was the whole thing after? And of course, you know, we argue about whether or not we're going to have regulations associated with with safety. Uh, you know, this this isn't to make uh, mobility safer on the roads. It it can't be, because if you really wanted to do safety, then you'd have breathalyzers in cars, and if you had too much to drink, they wouldn't turn on. We've had that capability for Michael. How many? Fifty years. 75 no, years? No, not quite. 50 years <laughs> well, whatever the number of years is, it's there. Yeah. Has the Congress, has, has federal DOT, has NHTSA mandated that? No. No, they, they've continued to allow drivers to misbehave. We have speed limits. Are the speed limits enforced? No, every jurisdiction that tried to put in automatic enforcement, I mean, maybe they've been able to do it in, 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 in construction zones. Maryland at least did that for a while. I don't know. I mean, they, they took enormous heat for that. The people that drive cars don't want that. They apparently don't want safety. Because you could, you could, you could, you could require the car manufacturer to read the speedometer and if it's over the speed limit don't let it go faster 
Yet what are they selling? They're selling EVs that do zero to 60 in one point whatever seconds and zoom down the road and allow a very small fraction of the population to misbehave and that small fraction, whatever. Cars shouldn't be allowed to tailgate. There's easy technology in there, whether it's LIDAR, radar, vision, whatever, to determine. You know, what does your driver's manual say? Uh, you know, car length per whatever. What is that? Is that, is that just, you know, fluff? If DOT wanted to really make cars safer, they wouldn't force that. Now, whether or not the public would continue to buy the cars or whether or not the public would go out there and clip every one of those wires. So, you know, so, so it can't be, Pete stands up there and says, oh yeah, we want to be safe. We're safety's our mission. Oh, safety was your mission. That's the way you do it. You keep us from misbehaving. You absolutely keep us from misbehaving. He hasn't done that. He's out there thinking that automation somehow, if we take it, is going to make, come on. The 90% the of crashes that, are, that, that occur here are caused are because people misbehave and they're crashes and they're not accidents. And they're not, oh my goodness, whatever. Dog ate my homework. No, you misbehaved. You fell asleep. That's misbehavior. So it can't be safety. So if Waymo goes out there and says, and it's, you know, you look at Waymo, uh, you know, um, uh, website, oh, we're for safety. Really? You're going to solve the safety problem? That means that your vehicle is going to have to get the individuals that misbehave in driving to quit driving and come ride your vehicles. Do you know how good you have to be to do that? It's, it's, it's not going to be this century. Well, in your talk in, in Pittsburgh this week, Alan, I think you, you did talk about what can and should be focused on to make this technology disruptive. Yeah, I think you need to decide what, what market you're going after and which market you're going to disrupt. You're, you, at the beginning, you're not going to disrupt the car ownership market. I don't believe it. You're not going to disrupt the, the, the black car market, the people that use, that have limousine drivers. How do you disrupt that? You're going, to be, you're going to be better driverlessly than a guy all dressed up waiting for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? How can I shine your shoes? How can I clean your glasses? How can I hold your hand? How can I carry your bag and drive you and follow everything that you just want, want done perfectly? You think you're going to disrupt. You're going to provide, as Schumpeter says, a substantial improvement in that service farley's right we're not going to be able to do that anytime soon so why are you going after the market that takes people from from downtown phoenix to phoenix international airport 
you know, those are that's the black car market. Those folks are not, they're not even price sensitive. Why? Because they're not paying for it. It's coming out of some expense account. So you can't even go and say, hey, I'll give you a comparable service, maybe not quite as good a service, but I'll make it a heck of a lot cheaper for you. They're going to say, Phew. so you have no chance of capturing any substantial amount of those. So where, what you have to look for are the markets where you, you are substantively, substantively better. And that's what we've tried to do here in Jersey with the whole moves thing. We think that there are a number of folks in different categories that have mobility desires for which the existing firms that they have access to don't do it for them. The buses don't do it for them. Walking doesn't do it for them. You know, getting a ride from somebody else is demeaning, doesn't do it for them. Oh my goodness. You know, if Ford Argos focused on those folks, all of a sudden they'd be look, looked at like saviors. So why hasn't the industry gone after those folks? Well, you know, I'll argue is because I don't know they're they're clueless. They've wanted to go after they've wanted to go after you know people who use Uber, Lyft, black cars have plenty. Don't care about about money because they're not paying for it. You look at them, you say, "Are you really that stupid? Really, cut it out." You're not going to be disruptive. And, you know, and we know that it, it, to be innovative, to disrupt, you've got to be substantially better than the existing firms. Everybody knows that. The iPhone was substantially better than all the other phones. You know, the internet was a substantially better way to communicate. That's what made it disruptive to the folks that didn't have good communications. It happened to be a lot of folks. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of preaching about it. Okay. I think, I think, you know, Ford made the, made the right decision. Right. Because they looked at their opportunities for revenue in the markets that they were looking at and the opportunity to be disruptive in those markets and, and appropriately said, Oh my goodness, we're nowhere close. My opinion. And, and guess who else? Far, guess who else is going to make that? I mean, Mary Bear is going to make it a GM. <clears throat> where are they? Where can they be disruptive with the technology that they have today? In in really, they're close to doing a really good job in 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 advanced driver assistance. And that, yeah. that is what that is what Farley says he's going to focus yeah, on. Yeah, right? and it's right. right. And it's right. But we've we've been saying that forever. You don't need driverless. You've got to get the, the person continued to be engaged. And 
you know, whenever that person steers a little bit of whatever and gets, gets a little bit out of hand, you've got to take over for them. You know, I always use in mean, my presentations, the, 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 this mother who's, who's holding the, 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 car- the carriage in the grocery store with the two kids underneath just turning steering wheels and having a lot of fun. But she makes sure that they don't drive that cart into the aisle. And they can do that. They can do that almost today. And they probably can be disruptive in, in really improving and doing that and do something about safety and, you know, not let us misbehave and maybe taking the leadership and saying, we're not going to let you drive these cars more than nine miles an hour over speed limit. We're not going to let you tailgate. And if you don't pay attention, we're going to pull over, we're going to stop, and we're not going to let you, you know, resume until you have a note from your mother that you're going to behave. They can. They can do that. Michael, let's get your take on that. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, get, let's get Michael in here. And yes. You, you, you had talked uh, quite some time ago about uh, this, this being a test of a partnership, essentially, between uh, Ford and, and Volkswagen. Yeah, back back in 2019, I wrote about the the three main the three main players who are also trying to work with the with autom- the automobile companies. I, I didn't really focus on Waymo because Waymo is doing its its own whatever whatever it's doing. It's not really working with the automotive industry. It's working on its own solutions. Um, but uh, considering Argo. Uh, Volkswagen had just come in after giving up on Aurora and Ford had made an investment. So the two of them decided that they were going to work together. And I said at that point that the main reason that Ford and Volkswagen are doing this is really to get their own staff up to speed and that their own people would be working, eventually working on advanced driver assistance systems. And Volkswagen has started its own software group inside of its company and where they're going with Ford, I'm not really sure. I mean, they haven't they haven't decided to buy Ford, and Ford hasn't decided to get out of the relationship with them. But they seem to be working in lockstep as far as Argo is concerned. We're spending too much money. It's not really giving us any benefit. <clears throat> the market is not something that we can we can decide at this point. Uh, we have to focus on electric cars. Ford is going to at Ford and Volkswagen are going to continue to work on on their their ICE vehicles, so they're not they're not getting out of that business either. And, and this is just, it's a distraction. So as I said, I, I don't think it ever was more than, than a cooperation to see how they would play together. Um, and they've, I guess they've gotten as much out of it that they can, and they're, they're not going to put any more money into it. So it's, I didn't see this as an earth shattering or, or even earth moving event, uh, but I guess other people did. I agree with that. Yeah, there, there are a lot of headlines out there talking yeah, about well, the, you know, if you, you know, need, if you need big headlines. setback for AVs. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I, I really don't see this as a as an event that is a setback for self driving cars. I think the the setbacks have been there 
all along. There hasn't there hasn't been any any movement further. There's been a lot of movement in the area of, of advanced driver assistance systems. There's been a, a great deal of activity. There are more and more cars that are that have have these features. The the standards that were set up by by UNECE and in Europe have been adapted and and at least you know at least for the time being Germany has got cars that are doing what all of these cars are trying to do but they're doing it legally and they're doing it within the within the the you know the boundaries that are set by the by the the uh, countries one of the things that it's important to i think it's important to address the US is 50 states and every state is responsible for maintaining the laws and enforcing the laws. And in Sweden, we have one state, it's one country, and we have laws that are established and we have one group that's responsible for building the roads, not 50. Um, one group that's responsible for putting up the, the, uh, the cameras, not, not 50, or even in some cases, even jurisdictions within this, the states have the responsibilities. So it's a very different situation. And we, we have, within the EU, gradually getting those things that prevent misbehavior, um, such as um, uh, ha having uh, warnings. At this point, we're not controlling the cars, but having warnings when cars are going over the speed limit. And that that would be great to have in, in uh, you know at least one jurisdiction in the United States. But as far as I know, it's there is there isn't any movement in that direction. But we we have it now within the laws of the uh, of the European Union, which means that we'll have you know, the 27 countries that are part of the EU will will implement that. Um, as I said, it's not controlling the car at this point. It's only giving a warning, but. Hey, you know, you, you need to start someplace. And we're going to go in the same direction with that, with the alcohol locks. I mean, that, that should be, a, it's a no-brainer. Every taxi company that I know, in, at least in Sweden, but I think in many of the countries within the EU, have to have alcohol locks. Uh, buses are the same, where you can't, you can't get in there and start driving the vehicle unless you can show that you, you pass the test. I mean that would be ideal in in, uh, in places, and <laughs> whether it's a Uber or, or a or public taxi. So, but back to the question. I think we, we've we've now got Aurora. We have we have um, Qualcomm has gotten into the business of buying Vianeer. I mean, there's been a lot that's happened within the last three years. But I think what's what's clear is that the companies that are that are continuing to do something positive. Are those companies that are working with car companies and are trying or attempting to improve the safety, primarily the safety of of, uh, of cars that have a driver uh, who can you know supplement the driver, who can help the driver out when the when the when the driving is tough, but uh, keeping the driver in the loop, not the companies that are trying to do what. Alan, well, uh, you were, Alan was, was nodding his head. Um, yeah. This yeah, is not a this is not a setback, then. No, it's not a setback. I think it's a set forward. I think I think at least you know maybe we'll get somebody to pay attention to us in New Jersey, where we think that we have a a, a set of customers for which the technology that has been developed could help them 
enormously and provide enormously better mobility and do it affordably, uh, as long as we don't have to pay back the whole 200 billion in part of this, and actually, you know, start doing this. And, 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 and somebody at some point, maybe some technology company who has developed this and basically in one way or another found a sugar daddy who's going to write off, you know, the, their portion of the 200 billion and, and can now start fresh. They're going to come in there and say, oh, my goodness, with this, uh, you know, uh, we can provide the affordability piece. To me, the, the key of driverless, the reason you want to take the driver out of that is to make it affordable on the cost side, okay? Hey, we could subsidize the heck out of everything and make it affordable, but what does that do? That, that you know, that has you out there begging all the time, moms for the poor, as opposed to dealing and, and using the technology to make it affordable. Now, you know, to be able to take the driver out of there, you're not gonna be able to do that everywhere. You're only gonna be at best able to do that somewhere, some of the time. Okay, you don't operate in heavy snow, big deal. You should, we shouldn't be driving our cars in heavy snow anyway, ourselves, nor should a computer. Or we should, should we be dry, trying to make a computer drive in heavy snow? Maybe, I don't know. That just seems to me to be going after a market that has essentially zero value that's going to be infinitely hard to do. That, that, that's not a business. If your lemonade that you sell in your lemonade stand is extremely expensive, is the only way that you can make it so that you have it taste well enough that somebody wants to buy it, they better have a craving. And so, you know, it's 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 taking and looking at the technology, basically, that what we have, and where is the market in which it really is disruptive. We claim that in Trenton, there is, a, there, there is a subset of services that one can offer there where this technology does work by some of the people that have developed this technology. And in fact, there, that technology is there. And if you don't, if you don't charge us too much for it, and if it doesn't require a whole bunch of fancy gizmos, then in fact, my goodness, the cost of providing it may be like trivial. And therefore, if the cost of providing it is trivial, the price we can charge and still make money is not going to be a little bit more than trivial. And if somebody wants to make it make that really trivial, the amount of subsidy, the amount of alms they're going to have to collect to do that is like trivial that's a bunch of trivials that says hey that's a market to start and it's at least someplace and then if you look at the market you're serving and you look at what you're doing today to try to serve that market and how bad of a job you're doing then you can even get kudos for 
for um, uh, equity. And then if you can get people to share rides, you might even get kudos for sustainability. Free. But Fort Argo didn't really look for that, although maybe a little bit. And at least they were trying to do something in, in Detroit. I don't believe Waymo's doing that. I don't believe GM Cruise is doing that. I don't believe Aurora's doing that. I actually passed out my card to Aurora, you know, to one of the engineers there saying, look, you know, where are you testing your, your passenger version of this? And he told me, oh, L.A., Pittsburgh, uh, Arizona, Texas. I said, hey, if you want to come to Jersey, you know, here's my card. Except if I look at the vehicle, the LIDARs and so on, and the solution they're coming up using all that stuff, I begin to, you know, and we may not need, we don't need LIDAR. You might need LIDARs on the New Jersey Turnpike or maybe on Route 1. I don't think you need LIDARs in, in, in Trenton because you're only, at best, you're going to go. You don't need to, to provide high quality service in Trenton. You don't need to go above 35 miles an hour because the competing service, the competition is walking. The competition is a bus that, that is linear as opposed to network in getting you places and operates when. It's like phew, competition is, is terrible. Or are you begging a ride from your neighbor whenever you can convince them that the, the rich neighbor that has a car to take you to Walmart? That's an opportunity. But if you know if that's if that's just you know not you know sexy enough for you, well then shut down like like um, Argo did. I mean, how long is Alphabet going to carry Waymo? When Waymo comes out, oh, we're going to do LA with a couple dozen vehicles. What? Are you kidding? How much have you spent since 2009? I know you won't tell us, but I'm going to ask the question. If, as Reuters says, GM Cruise has been uh, losing, losing $2 billion a year, or, you know, the, I'd sort of compute it out to be $5 million a day. What the heck must Waymo be losing on their balance sheet? Because they don't have any revenue. I mean, no appreciable, or they haven't claimed, oh, my goodness, we're moving. We're doing a gazillion person trips per day at this price, at this margin of profit, and so on and so forth. We're doing great. If they were doing that, I mean, we would see that. That would be, they would be putting it out there. The reason they don't put anything out there probably likely it's because it is so ugly and at some point you know somebody in alphabet's going to say okay yeah we do a lot of good things but there are a lot of other good things to do around the world and this one isn't isn't returning anything it's returning a bunch of promises that are not being delivered on so it wouldn't surprise me at all if waymo shuts down I'll put it out there. Oh man, I mean, paper, I mean, whatever. Because they're going after the wrong market. Their chance of making of making substantial contribution to a bottom line by going after those people that take black cars and those people that, that Uber, use Uber and Lyft 
Uber and Lyft serve less than 1% of the person trips. Get them all and you still don't, you don't have a profitable Waymo, likely. I'm gone through the numbers, but I, I can't see how they would be. Because, because Uber and Lyft certainly aren't profitable. And even if, you, if Uber and Lyft kept all the money, you're not paying back the investment that, that, that Waymo has put in since 2009. I don't know how they're going to choose to, you know, try to recapture that. But at some point, either they're going to have to write it off on a, on a balance sheet the way Ford did yesterday. Or somehow, you know, I, I don't know. The, the quarterly financials, going to have to show something. So Argo may be just the start is what you're saying. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. Or there needs to be a pivot to the, from the market. If the, the, the markets that these companies have been going after, you know, people in San Francisco who are, you know, who are very important people who are looking to have better mobility than their Uber Lyft black car opportunities and because those people don't take Mooney and they certainly don't want to walk uphill I mean you know they're too entitled I don't know I mean it's it's just yes I am I am being devil's advocate here of the group of the group that's out there what mobile has revenue why, as Michael said, why? Because they've been actually their revenue comes from the ADAS, from the advanced driver assistance systems that they can sell to the car manufacturers who want to be out there. And they've been doing that for years now. And they have a good business there. And Qualcomm, Qualcomm bought Vionier and Vionier as a, a sideline, Vionier had an attempt or attempts to, uh, to try to do things things in the self-driving arena, but, and Qualcomm will, will try to build on that. But the, the, the primary purpose of it is their arriver business. They'll sell the rest of it off to the, somebody else who will be a tier one supplier to the automotive industry. Mm -hmm. And Qualcomm and arriver will, will do good things like Mobileye is doing. Uh, but with as far assistance. as Cruise, yeah, with driver yeah. assistance. We and, and, and crews, so they can contribute to the driver assistance of they can they can maybe improve um, um, whatever it's called um, that's that's in the Cadillacs. Super cruise. Super cruise. Super cruise. You know, okay, and 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 they probably can. It's a good name. Super cruise is a much better name for something that that is a driver assistance and and they did a wonderful thing by putting in the the eye tracker and the camera in there and basically saying that if you're not paying attention uh, i guess essentially either turn the thing off or they pull over and they say you know get a note from your mother before you you're allowed to turn it back on or yeah of course they're not saying that but and they, they, i don't think they're the only ones doing that i believe ford is doing that yeah ford blue, is doing blue that cruise. they call ford it blue cruise blue, yeah. blue cruise and and those are those are very good system and the distronic system 
at least now that I have a 2018, it works better than the 2014 version. And then who knows what the, the 2026 or 24 version is going to be. It's going to be substantially better too. But it's still going to require me to be engaged. And if I disengage, it's going to spank me. Or it should spank me. On that not to note. put it bluntly, not to put it <laughs> bluntly, and I'm, I, we can put it in, in better Princeton terms here in the yeah. orange bubble, you know, if we wanted to. But darn it, when we put it in those terms, my goodness, people don't get it. And so, therefore, we have to put it in the stark terms. The, the, the best opportunity for the driverless mobility is for to serve poor people who, unfortunately, have been left so way behind by all the in other investments that we've made in mobility. And they've been gentrified out of whatever place where they might have had some mobility. And we now have the opportunity to provide them high quality, almost as good quality mobility as we enjoy. <clears throat> and to do it for almost nothing. Yet nobody wants to go out and, and do that. Shame on them. But we, uh, we're doing a very good job of sub subsidizing wealthy people to buy electric vehicles. Oh, yeah, but, abso oh that, well, that's absolutely. A, that's, a, oh. that's another discussion. Oh, oh, well, that's another discussion. Oh, I, I mean, we, we do a great job doing great things for rich people. And guess what? This industry, Fort Argo included, why they went out, the rich people, who, who takes black cars? Rich people who have great jobs, who are on expense accounts, who don't pay for any of it, and are just a pain in the butt to serve. Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're so entitled. Oh, I got to have this. I got to put the two, da 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 da. You got wound up. That's your physical therapy, Alan. I think <laughs> <laughs> you really did. Well, on that note, we're going to move on to the latest edition of The Dispatcher. Michael, the lead story is headlined, Full Self-Driving is All in the Mind, just like with battery electric vehicles. Give us the overview here. Um, I think like like some of the articles, I've I've tried to tone down the, uh, the discussion and, and maybe moved it from a from where it was to where I think we should be and I did this with um, with tolls in an early issue an earlier issue of the dispatcher the reason that I've I've put this into the context of words of how we're we're talking about these this issue of self-drive driving is principally because one company has decided to call their features autopilot and full self-driving. And the context that I've, that I've tried to put this into is electric cars. 16 years ago, we didn't have electric cars. Um, 10 years ago, approximately 2000, 2012, we had the beginning of a, 
an electric car boom. It wasn't a big boom, and it wasn't you know the the things the the the, uh, the fireworks didn't go off immediately. It took it took some time, but what happened back then was that Tesla was about to introduce their first real car, not not the not the Roadster, but the the Model S, and. At that point in time, I don't think anyone in 2000, let's say 2006, when this begin, began to, to get some steam behind it, I don't think anyone really believed that this was going to happen. And I started writing the dispatcher in 2009. And even at that point in time, sorry, not 2009, 2013, but even at that point in time, when the Model S was just starting to come out, there were very few people who believed that the electric cars were something that was for them. But in 2006, and I, I found this, and this was the this was what's what got me started on this article. I found something that Elon Musk had written in 2006, and he titled it "The Secret Tesla Motors Master Plan." Parentheses just between you and me. This is real, this is, I didn't make this up. Um, and this master plan, I've, I have it in the, the article and I think it's worth anyone who gets the, the dispatcher who can, or listening to this and will go to the dispatcher, it's really worthwhile reading this because in this 2006 master plan, He's done a masterful job of setting the stage for what is going to happen within the next 15 years. And he's given the, everybody who's going to read this, his future disciples, the people who are going to be in on his, the ground floor of the Tesla club, he's given them the plan in five, four steps and one last piece of information. He's going to build a sports car. He's gonna use that money to build an affordable car. He's gonna use that money to build an even more affordable car. And while doing the above, also provide zero emission electric power generation options. And the last thing he says is, don't tell anybody because you're getting, you're getting this from me, you're getting it on the ground floor, you're gonna be part of a movement. And from 2006 all the way to today, he has built the electric car movement, gotten people, governments everywhere to invest in him and first, he was the only one who had electric cars and people were, had to buy his electric car if they were gonna be part of this. And now anybody can build an electric car and they can get the same subsidies. Although now you have to build an electric car in the United States to get the subsidies from the US. But he's built this up. And the, and the reason that he's got, got this going was that he promised that if you got in here early, you were going to help to save the planet. Rich people, you help me do this and you're gonna be able to help all those poor people who come later to be able to help to save the planet. We're gonna do this together. And, it, and, and it's words, 
this that what he put down in this this wonderfully written piece of 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 text not very long and then he sums it up at the end build a sports car use that money to build it etc it's all very clear now we come to his next move his next move is now he's got the electric market now he's going to have to figure out some way that his company which is building a car now that anybody can build and by anybody i mean anybody can build the car that he's built now everybody's building electric chargers the governments are paying for electric cars he called that a socialistic move he didn't want the government to build electric chargers because he wanted to build the chargers himself that's part of his that was part of his whole business of providing a way for everybody to, to feel like they could buy an electric car so once they believed that they could buy the electric car and they had to be convinced and the reason we don't have more is that more people like me are not convinced there are lots of people like me who aren't convinced but there are more and more of them and it, it helps a tremendous amount if you know somebody hands over twenty thousand or twenty-five thousand dollars, puts in free free chargers, lets you charge your car for a couple of couple of years without having to pay for it. That helps an awful lot. Now we get to auto, autopilot and full self-driving. These are not words. These are important. This is why he doesn't give up these words. He doesn't change. The, 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 he, oh, okay, you don't like that, we'll call it something else. No, these are really important for him because what is he selling? He's selling the future of his company. And he's put this in terms that no one else has put it, put, put it in. No one has gone in this direction. This is, the, this is the future of Tesla for him because electric cars aren't anything anymore. I mean, you look at the numbers now and companies in China and companies in, in, in Europe, even in the United States, are selling more than he is in, in terms of electric cars. He's number one. Oh, yeah, he was number one in, in Germany. But, but it's, there's, no, there's no business in the future for just electric cars. He needs something else. Because remember, his goal is not really, even though he's told everybody, my goal is to save the planet. No, my goal is to go to Mars. My goal is to, is to be able to do the things that I want to do with all the money that you're going to give me. It's not to give the, the electric car to the guy who can't afford it because the governments will still keep putting them in and he's going to keep charging more and more money. Now, where is that money going to come from? It's going to come from his next move, which is a self full self-driving car with autopilot. And I'm not going to give those up. Those words are important for me and they're going to stay there. Now, the problem that he's had is number one, he can't make it work any better than, than Argo and, and Cruz and Aurora and anybody else. He can't do that because he's got the same limitations, the same people, the same, the same problem. And he makes it even harder on himself by saying, well, all I need is cameras. Okay. But he needs to get this to work because that's where the money's going to come from and you can see it he's he's you know it started out at 3000 and now he's up to 15000 and he's come out and said yeah but people are going to be uh, people are going to be willing to pay 100000 easily pay $100,000 for this because it's going to give them a chauffeur and you, you know a chauffeur costs a lot of money so you're going to buy a chauffeur but you're going to pay me the $100,000 
you're not going to pay the chauffeur a hundred thousand dollars and i'm going to use that hundred thousand dollars to go to my next move which is you know to get my family my nine or ten kids up to up to mars not necessarily back but maybe we'll take them back maybe we can take them back because at the same time he's invented a rocket that not he, but people who work for him, invented a rocket that can take you back from Mars and land you nicely in the, and softly and you know, someplace. It's words. The problem is, and it continue, will continue to be, people don't believe it because his cars keep crashing and nobody else is selling anything. So the point of this, this article is to get now, to get back to where we were, Alan was, was expressing in, in, in very decisive terms, what is it we're actually trying to do? And can that, what we're trying to do, can that be done? And the point here is, and I, and I said to Ellen earlier today, you know, you don't have to read the entire article, go to the end, read the last paragraph. And then if that interests you, go back to the front and start from the beginning. Because in the end, what I'm saying here is that we're only going to believe if it works and we have to start in an area we have to start with a with not necessarily a business but we have to start with an idea that that's achievable because only if the if the idea is achievable will people begin to believe and would and and it, the only way they're going to get in the car themselves or more importantly put their kids or their other family members into the car that's being driven by nobody is if they are absolutely convinced that it works. We have to start with some with something that we know can work. And this is this is getting back to an objective of having a vehicle that works in an area which is controllable, where the purpose of the vehicle without having a driver is affordability, not to provide services for someone who can afford to drive their own car or afford to have a chauffeur or afford a taxi or not even have to work at all, worry about getting to, to a store, worry about other people take care of those things for me. It's a very difficult task to provide mobility for people who can't afford it or who aren't capable of, of having the money to be able to do it, even if they could drive, they which they can't, to be able to provide that service to them in an affordable way. That's the purpose of having a car without a driver. But we've proven, we've shown that doing that everywhere, being able to take that car and drive everywhere is not possible. And not within a very, long period of time 10 years 20 years maybe maybe it's possible but to do it within a within a fixed area with with defined objectives minimal objectives and to get it to work so that people will willingly get in the car take it to where they need to get to and and back that's what they should be doing and that that's what this article is about getting people to believe that it's possible just like it's now possible people in their their heads are saying it's possible for me to buy an electric car it's possible for me to drive in a car without a driver Something michael michael i really don't like you 
Okay. And the reason why I don't like you is because you, you say exactly what I believe in such a nice, simple, un, un whatevered way, as opposed to me who gets all flustered and, 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 and passionate and whatever. I agree absolutely with what you say. And, and, and this is really what the, the, the move style Trenton thing is really all about. It says, instead of, instead of looking to try to build something that is going to be able to do, serve, again, the black car, the, the, the Uber Lyft markets, the, the where I go, which says, you said, has to go everywhere. Level five is like goofy. We're just not going to get there anytime soon. However, if you work the problem backwards and you take, okay, you take what Waymo has, or you take what Aurora has, or you take what Ford Argo had, or you take what GM Cruise has, and then look at what is the subset where it does work. I've been claiming that in fact, every one of those could find a set of roads in Trenton that would in, interconnect most, if not all of these kiosks. And then the few places where it doesn't work, there you go in with, with investment in infrastructure to change the infrastructure, or maybe try to improve the algorithm a little bit to get it to work and find, and, and, and find the operational design domains where it does work. You then evaluate all the various design domains and you find the one that delivers the most societal value and you start there. This yeah, is exactly. not the deployment scenario that had been used except for maybe Waymo going into Arizona. There, they find operational domain where it does work. The problem is, is when you look at, at the societal value at the customers there, you're not giving them anything that they don't already have. So therefore, there's nobody clamoring for what, what you're offering. Yeah, well, the whereas, difference. Whereas yeah, the in difference. the operational design domains in New Jersey that we've looked at, oh my goodness, you're improving the quality of life of substantial number of people. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the thing that they're doing, the thing that Waymo is doing is, is essentially providing a taxi service. Yeah. And, and we're not, we're not in Trenton, the concept of is, is, is not a taxi service. The concept no. is to get people as close as to where they need to get to from where they live or are as possible to provide them with, with something that they don't have now. Their right. alternative, there is no alternative. There is no alternative. They don't have an alternative unless, unless it's, it's, it's a taxi or unless it's an Uber Lyft, but those are expensive. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that every day. You know, as I said in the yeah, article yeah, here, right, I, asked my, right. I asked my wife, you know, what, what, would, what would it take for you to get into a car where there's no driver? And she, she thought about it for a, for a few seconds and she gave me the answer that, that you know, most people should be thinking of if I didn't have another, if I didn't have another alternative. 
if I didn't have yeah. a choice. If I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Where this is a disruptive service compared to what I have available to me. It is substantially better. Otherwise, I got to walk. Yeah, the thing. Otherwise, not, I have to I, beg a ride from, from my neighbor. You, there, there's, there's a group of people who say that there was Clayton Christensen that invented the whole concept of, of disruptive. And it wasn't. It was Schumpeter. It, it was Schumpeter. A long, long, long time, long time ago. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the but, 20s and 30s. I mean, but you what, know. what Clayton Christensen did do was to establish that there's, there's, the, the place that, that a disruptive technology, a disruptive technology comes in is not equal to or better than the technologies there. Now, it's, it's less because it's less expensive. It comes in at a price point that's almost as good. It's good enough. And as, as it comes in, it begins to compete against the much, much better on the basis of, of price or slightly, slightly good enough, but not quite as good performance. And as it gets better, it replaces it. And it con continues on that curve. And, this, and the same thing is true here. We're trying to same come in. Same thing is true here. Exactly. We're trying to come in. All of these companies are trying to come in where the car and the human driver is now. And that's yeah. not disruptive because you ain't going to get there. Come <laughs> in at a place where you think, where you, where you can solve a problem that's good enough. And then from that point, begin to build. And we know it's going to work when we, when we think it's going to work. That's important. We, we know it's going to work when we think it's going to work. If we don't think it's going to work, forget it. Forget yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, they're, 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 you know, perception is everything. Reality, who knows what that is? It's perception. And of course, you know, one of the challenges and why, why we probably need a little public sector help in, in the Trenton thing is that you, you have to have attendance on board in the beginning to, to not to, to not get the technology to work. I mean, if the technology yeah. does, we, we, we can't afford that one. We're assuming you got the technology to work, but, but to acclimate the customer. Exactly. You need to get to help them to say, believe, believe and yeah. say, and then, and then they'll finally say, why is there an operator? This is why I use the elevator analogy all the time. You know, originally elevators had to have an operator on board. Okay. And people were afraid to, to get in them. And, you know, was the door going to close on them? Is it going to move? Is it a do, 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 do? And all of a sudden, they, they saw, my goodness, this stuff works without an elevator, without an operator. We got in, it's up and then, of course, the operators are gone, except at Tiffany's. I think at Tiffany's on, 50, on, on in, in New York, in Manhattan, they still have operators, you know. Two weeks, but, two weeks but ago, I, I, yeah. two weeks right. ago, I got stuck in an elevator in Gothenburg. Yeah, okay, sure. They're not perfect. <laughs> no, they're not. They're, yeah, people, they're not. people die in elevators. Yeah. Okay. There, I don't know. There are like twelve deaths a year. I look it up on in Google or something, yeah. or in 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 Bing, or you know, to give Bing a, you know, you know, they're not there, and nobody has said elevators have to be perfect. Oh my goodness! If elevators had to be perfect, we still wouldn't have them. But there's one person who's telling people that my full self-driving software is 
it's almost perfect. It's but, but, just but it's almost but, perfect, you, and you're going yeah, to be yeah, yeah, it's going you're... to be there pretty soon. You're you're hung up. You're hung up on on one salesman. That, who truth, cares? Who the cares? truth has I mean, no defense against a fool determined to believe a lie. I understand, but I mean, there are a lot of people pushing a bunch of stuff. I, as I like to say, I can't watch sixty minutes, uh, you know, on Sunday on CBS. Why? Because most of the advertisers are drug companies. And guess okay. what? If, because we have the FTC, you know, all those drug companies used to say, hey, you drink this guy and you get young and you get virile and you get whatever. You know, now they have to spend, you know, three quarters of their time telling you how the thing's going to kill you, <laughs> too. OK. And, and why to protect them? Now, maybe we need to have we need to put that kind of law on top of Elon. Elon, you can go promote something, but you then have to spend, you know, you then have to tell us about how it's going to kill you too. Nothing he doesn't perfect. advertise. That's yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he, I mean, he gets free advertising just like somebody else that we know that gets free advertising, whose name appears in the front page of the New York times a couple hundred times every day. And still today, well, yeah, I don't I read. Know. I don't. I don't read it. So it's. it's yeah, okay. no, I don't. I. I am. Okay. Did we? My, did we deal with the first article? My, yeah. We yeah. did, and and yeah. Michael, you've you've uh, given people a, a lot of reasons already to to <laughs> go online and read the Dispatcher, real quick. Uh, moving on in the in the Dispatcher, the headline: No new battery electric vehicles at the Detroit Auto Show. I love this, uh, and I went I went back to the issue where I wrote is couple of years, three years ago, it was also three years ago. Was this the, is this the end of the, of the uh, auto, the auto show? And it was three years ago because yeah, it's pre COVID. It was before the pre COVID. Yeah. It was, it was uh, Geneva, you know, Frankfurt. No, yeah. Geneva was, Geneva came in, in, uh, but it was the Frankfurt yeah. auto show yeah. where, where kids were getting up on top of the cars and demonstrating and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, people were saying that this is the end of the auto show. Well, it's, not in not in china i mean the auto shows are bigger and better and, and not in in qatar or in dubai or yeah. you know wherever wherever you don't have to worry about people getting up on cars because if they did they, they wouldn't get up on cars anymore um <laughs> yeah they take care of it they yeah we take care of that they spank them we take care of them yeah um but the detroit auto show was it's great i mean i thought it was the the news was terrific and there was so much news about new Mustangs and, you know, new ICE vehicles and Stellantis had this and Chevy had this and Ford had that. And, you know, with, with all of the electric stuff that's going on, yes, there were some electric cars there, but apparently um, the, the main interest was, was in the huge rubber duck outside and all of the ICE vehicles. <laughs> you can see a picture of the rubber duck in the, in the, in the issue. But, the European, um, uh, you also pointed out here that, uh, I, I maybe you weren't finished there. Go ahead, Michael. No, no, I, I, was, I was done, yeah. The European Automobile Manufacturers Association is going to have two fewer members with Stellantis and, and Volvo leaving. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Volvo is, hasn't been a, a, um, a European car company for, you know, for the last 12 years, so... Um, it's it's not so it's not so important that they're leaving, but um, 
the fact that Stellantis is leaving, you know, that they, they, they make up, you know, Fiat and, and Peugeot and Citroën and, you know, a couple of other co companies in there as well. Um, the European Automob Automobile Manufacturing Association called ASEA and, and you know, try to put those, put that acronym together with those words and you don't, you don't get it unless you can speak French. Alain, I'm sure you could, <laughs> you got it immediately. But, um, you know, if, if you have a problem with your name like that, you're going to have, you're going to have a problem. Eventually, you're going to have a problem with, with what you do. And the issue is that, that it's, their members don't seem to believe that they're being represented by this organization because the, the organization sometimes seems like it's representing the European Commission to the car companies as a, rather than the other way around. So I, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a wake-up call for us. I think there's a very important reason for them to exist and boy, they've got the best statistics that, that are accessible to people who, you know, who don't, belong and I don't have to pay a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars to get them I mean, they're accessible to anyone uh, it's a great organization and, and it's and it's had good leadership over the years but I think it, it's it's they're gonna have to do a little soul searching here to figure out exactly what it is who they're representing and how they're representing them so, so hopefully this article will, will get to a few people wake some people up. Yep. Finally, uh, Michael, there's a new section in the dispatcher called conversations with the dispatcher. Yeah. Um, I was, I, I, I met uh, Bob Poole through Alan. Um, and it turns out that, that we have a, we have a, a, a hobby in common model railroading. He's a pro. I'm a, I'm a rank at amateur, but, um, now, I'm a displayer. We, we are a displayer. <laughs> you are a displayer. Um, and we, we started, you know, we started having conversations and, and um, uh, he wrote a, Bob wrote a book, Rethinking America's Highways, a 21st, 21st century vision for better infrastructure. And um, I read it um, and uh, we had a conversation, which I thought I would share with other people. And I, and I think the, the point here, I mentioned it earlier, the conversations that we had were my views on, on tolls and Bob's views on tolls. And Bob's views on tolls, you know, he would, he would he very nicely, very calmly, you know, take, try to take me through this. And I would, you know, say, like Alan sometimes get really, you know, hyper about tolls, because I really do get hyper about tolls, because I feel that they're, you know, they're not fair, they're, they're regressive taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why a couple of issues ago, I, I took a step back and say, okay, let's not look at tolls. Let's, let's look at the real issue is, what are they for? What are we trying to do? We're trying to fund infrastructure. Are there better ways? How did we get to where we are right now? And, and Bob came back and said, I think you really need to read my book now. So I did, I bought the book, uh, I read the book, I enjoyed reading the book. It's not a short read, but it's it's well written. I rec anybody who's in the transportation arena should read this book. Um, and we had a conversation about it. And I didn't believe in some parts that he wrote. And he came back and said, "Well, you know, this is what I think. You know, you should be looking at here." 
I'd like to have further conversations with others, other people, other readers, other people who are not necessarily readers and who could become a reader uh, about their books or about their ideas. And uh, I'd had one a couple of years ago um, um, with my good friend Jacques Amsalem. And, uh, but I didn't call it conversa conversations with the dispatcher. So I, this isn't gonna be every issue, but hopefully it will be kind of every two, three issues. Depends on whether I keep writing the dispatcher or not. Uh, and that depends on all the people who are listening. If they like the dispatcher, you know, send me a note and say, oh, yeah, this is, or even, even bad notes are good, you know. It just shows me you're reading it. Well, so. I like the dispatcher, and that's why that's why we uh, we highlight it every week. I mean, uh, because because it really is good, and 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 it gets it gets people. I gets me thinking, and gets other people. I mean, I don't want to suggest I have the answer. Absolutely not. The world's not that easy. The world is enormously multidimensional and there are all sorts of groups and entities and whatever and whatever and can take different perspectives i just think we should be discussing this and yeah at times i get it gets kind of heated we we certainly didn't come up with with the trenton thing i mean we we evolved to it we're trying to look at how the heck do you try to at least from my perspective of what I think is good. Other people think other things are good. Uh, great. I'm not, you know, that's wonderful. And, and, but anyway, I guess, and, and, and really all I ever try to do is, is just put some thoughts out there and get people to think. And, and maybe, you know, every once in a while, you, you, one has to take a step back and do some reevaluation about what the heck we've been doing. And I, I to me, this is what is happening this week, is we're stepping back and taking this, this reevaluation. I mean, you know, the, the Secretary of Transportation can, can call this, you know, the valley of death. Uh, but and in some sense, uh, you know, we, we, we certainly can attack, uh, you know, one person or another person, you know, and, and, and it, it is an enormous shame that, 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 some of the, the choice of words that that uh, that uh, Elon has has chosen. You know, when I was working on turn by turn navigation, we were trying to determine what what are we going to call it. This is nineteen you know ninety five. I wanted to call it guiding angel. <laughs> Believe it or not, I mean, like people slap me down for one. But why? Because I, you know, the people, you know, I, I drove through Europe with a with a Rand McNally or equivalent map on my steering wheel, trying to figure out where in the heck I was going, and I didn't know where I was. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it was just enormously difficult. Just thought, and 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 had a secretary, Kathy Posnett, who was deathly afraid to go anywhere and in and, and her car and I and I I made a statement at a conference that GM vice president took me to task for making and I said the, the, the reason I want to develop co-pilot or co, which is turn by turn navigation is, is really for the Kathy Posnitz of this world that never never go anywhere 
why don't they go anywhere? Is They're afraid they're not going to be able to find their way there or get home from it, get home from it. And all of a sudden, we can make that trivial. And, 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 and the great market we could have is now having people now just burn their bras and go out and do stuff, you know, and go places and not worry about getting home. To me, that was the beauty. And it has turned out to be the beauty. And what we end up calling it, it was my somebody and I certainly jumped in. We called it co-pilot. Why the co was to help you. And sure. the purpose was to help you. And I think, you know, I'm kind of proud that we were we 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 were part of the, you know, the the, the first, we had the first one and a bunch of firsts and whatever. I'm really proud of what we did to help people improve their quality of life by if they want to go someplace almost making it trivial at getting away from this perception. How am I going to find my way home? Yeah. And I hated, I hated the fact that some people did in their rooting algorithms, they rooted you around bad neighborhoods. Oh, I I mean, I just thought that, I mean, really? Oh my goodness, somebody's now going to go out and designate this as a bad neighborhood and therefore it should be rooted around. Why? Because I mean, really, I mean, I just, I, we, ne- we never did that. And of course, I didn't like ways at all. Why? Because what do they use it for? They used it to, to basically help people to warn as to where the, the cops are hanging out to pull you over because they're, they're, they're having a breathalyzer test to make sure to see if you're drunk. I mean, my goodness, what? Whereas in Europe, all the, all the cameras, all the black, all, all the, they call them black spots. The police wanted that in co-pilot because they wanted people to know that up ahead, you should slow down. Okay. And they wanted the information in there. And so that's, you know, that's a reason to have it in there and to do your rooting and whatever and and warn the person, you know, be prepared. It's important that you slow down here. As opposed to, hey, you know, watch out, the cops up ahead. I I mean, I just, I mean, whatever. Maybe that's why I don't like Google is because they bought Waze instead of Copilot. Okay, so I'm biased. This has been yet another great, great discussion. And the place to get the dispatcher, and you should get the dispatcher, is michaelsena.com. Thank you again, Michael. And thank you to CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, for helping to make this podcast possible. CARTS is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon, Apple, Google, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts. Smart speakers can play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching, and please stay safe. Thank you, everybody. Uh, sorry, we're I'm so opinionated, but whatever. That's what they tune in for.